I'm Ross Kickle, and on today's episode of American Reef, we're going to take a look at Mike Paletta's 300-gallon mixed-reef display. approximately about 18 months since we last saw Mike's display. So when he called me up a few months back and said we're going to make some changes to the tank, I figured, hey, I'd grab my camera and not only can we see what kind of changes he's making to that display, but also we can kind of take a look at the corals and what they've looked like, you know, since 18 months ago kind of thing. If you're actually looking for any of those original videos, just head on over to AmericanReef.com where I think I've got probably five-ish of those videos that we've done on that 300-gallon display, um, as well as an archive of you know, all the videos that I've done since 2007. And uh, again, we're looking at it, when I'm putting this video out, we are in the April time frame, right? The first week of April. So just a reminder there that Reefapalooza Orlando will be taking place April 23rd and 24th. Um, again, it's one of those things where if you're in the area, I think admission is like $15 and it's really worth that price of admission, meaning that uh, approximately 90-ish manufacturers are going to be represented there. And when I say manufacturers, I mean like product manufacturers and coral shops, that kind of thing, right? So to have everybody in one location is usually a rarity in itself. So that's kind of a cool thing. And then as well, there are speakers, right? Uh, I think the three speakers this year will be uh, Colin Ford, we've got Joe Aiolo, as well as uh, Jake Adams. So again, 15 bucks, you can't go wrong, right? So if you're in the Orlando area around the 23rd, 24th, stop by. And then lastly, if you're looking for what I consider one of the best saltwater fish foods on the planet, head on over to AmericanReefHPD.com. There you can actually see videos of, you know, how I customize it, things of that nature, as well as you can purchase it there. So with that being said, let's take a look at what Mike is doing on that 300-gallon mixed-reef display. Oh yeah. <laughs> what's, what's on the agenda today? Today we're going to talk a little bit more about water motion from a, a couple of different contexts in that this tank has now grown in so well it's time to upgrade the water motion. One of the things people tend to think is that water motion is, should be static in a tank. Right. The problem is, is that over time as the corals grow the water motion gets shut down or knocked down 
because the corals just sort of dampen the amount of water moving within the tank. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to upgrade the gyre from a 130 to a 150 to increase the amount of flow going within the tank and to try and get more of the detritus out of the water. Because as, as I talked about in one of the blogs I did on water changes, by increasing the flow and increasing the amount of water changes I'm doing, I basically have zero nitrate and zero phosphate. There's some in here, but I'm, I've not changed my GFO now for seven months. I'm no longer registering it between 0.03 and 0.04. Whether I feed a ton or whether I feed a very little, it doesn't really matter. The tank itself is sucking all the phosphate out because the corals have gotten bigger. And as I said, because they've gotten so much bigger, I have to upgrade the amount of flow within the tank. So that's why I'm taking off the 130 that's back there. I still have my nice tonsies blowing across, but across the back and the bottom, I want that gyre flow to try and keep the detritus out and to try and keep the corals nice and healthy. Because one of the things that we tend to neglect is the only means the corals have for cleansing themselves is water flow across them. They don't really have a mechanism for spitting out the gunk and the right. bacteria and everything else that accumulates on them. So water flow is key. And that's why I'm going to do a bigger gyre in this tank. And when I do so, I think you'll be able to see how much flow goes across the tank and really makes a difference in the, the health of the corals. So, gyre, one of the videos that we did, right? You said, oh, this gyre may not be industrial strength enough or something like that. That was like a V1 version. Right. That was the, the beta test a year ago. Yeah. And in the year that it's been out, they have really upgraded. They've improved the impeller. They've improved the stability of it. It doesn't break and rattle all the time. They've upgraded the magnets on the outside so it doesn't rock. So wherever you put it, it remains stable. It is now ready for prime time. It is one of the best means for improving water motion. I'm still a big fan of the Tunzi's blowing water across and creating random flow. But I think them in combination with a gyre is the best way to go for increasing water motion. As you can see, the corals in this tank over the past year since we last videotaped it have grown fairly significantly. So I'm, I'm pretty happy all in all with everything that's going. So every now and then you have to tweak things a little bit. And that's what I'm doing today is I'm tweaking the water flow up another notch to, to really keep things moving and to keep the detritus from settling. So you're assuming that the gyre has been fixed. This is more of a test then for you, right? I, I have seen it and I've spoken to enough people that I'm fairly confident that they've okay. upgraded it to the point where it is the state of the art in terms of moving a large amount of water in a relatively uh, electricity efficient manner sure. and in a, a, a way that is conducive to the health of the corals. Okay, so now with that being said, you just mentioned like a large volume, right? So that tank is what, 300 gallons? 300 gallons. So how many gallons per hour of circulation are you going to have with the gyre and the tonsies and all that? Do you got that figured out? I figure it's going to be about 3,000 gallons per hour. Okay. So about 10 times the flow. Right now it's about eight, adding the gyre, and I'm also going to improve the flow across the, the, the uh, pump and going through the sump by uh, switching out on the uh, uh, dart pump that I have on there now, which is about 2,400 gallons an hour, over to a uh, Ecotech's new Vectra pumps, so that'll do about 3,100 gallons an hour. Right. So I'm going to increase another 700 gallons, which it really isn't a lot, but it'll make sure. a difference in this tank to some degree. Okay, so now again for the new hobbyists out there, so you've got that much flow. Do you, you know, there are differences between flow that you'll need on soft versus hard versus SPS versus whatever. Can you kind of review that a little bit? SPS tend to like more flow. Typically, what happens if you have weak flow across the corals, they tend to grow spindly. They're like a leggy plant that isn't getting enough sunlight. 
Flow is the same thing for corals. If you don't have strong water flow, for a lot of them, you don't want enough where you're shearing the tissue off of the corals, but you want enough where there's movement within the tank. I mean, last year when we showed how well the gyre worked, I added a little bit of amino acids in here, and you right. can see within two seconds, the whole tank was orange. So it, it does do a rather amazing job of moving a lot of water around the tank very quickly. And that's what you're looking for. I'm getting more of a laminar flow across these with the tunzes, but they're blowing from side to side, so it's not really focused on one spot. Okay, so that's the C-sweep that's doing that. That's a C-sweep along with the tunze pumps, yeah. The yeah. C-sweeps are doing a great job. They've been up now for, I believe, a year and a half. I've never had any problem with them. The tunzes I take off every six months and clean them, which is one of the other things that people tend to neglect. These pumps tend to accumulate, even though they're moving all the time, gunk tends to accumulate in them, and you lose effectiveness that way. So once every six months, I take these out, I soak them in muriatic acid, which if you do that, make sure you wear goggles, because if you get burned, it, you're done. It's a, it's a very high, uh, very low pH acid. I mean, it's the strongest acid you can probably commercially buy. People use it for stripping wood and paints and stuff. You can get it at any big box uh, hardware store. Do, hold it, do me a favor and tell them about using vinegar as well. You can also use white vinegar. It will take off most of the stuff. It won't take off the hard core board into the uh, plastics type of algae. But you keep your eye if it goes in. But uh, you're not going to lose your eye if you splash with right. vinegar, hopefully. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but with the muriatic acid, make sure you wear glasses if you use it. Soak them in that. I take them out. Then I soak them in water that has a little bit of uh, baking soda mixed in it to take out any acid. Then I put them back in the tank. And every time I've done that, the flow obviously has increased probably 20-25%. Right. I probably should do it every three months, but like most people, I have other things to do and I say, oh, it's fine, I can still see it moving. But you don't really realize how much is gone, what you flow. So whenever you're adding something that's colored into the tank, put some in front of your power head and see what it is. And then clean it and put it in and do the same thing and you'll be amazed at the difference that you see. And to your point, amino acids, right? Yeah. Yeah, the yellow amino acids or something else that's colorful, or even, I mean, if you want to get crazy, put food in and watch it shoot around, but then it tends to accumulate in other spots, and we're typically not trying to do that. So the amino acids are the best one for adding to see how much they flow and color up the tank very quickly. Okay, so again, since we're talking flow, one of the things that I know a lot of people don't talk about, and I'm going to hit you with a surprise here, is depending on where you put the flow, right, it will cause corals to either grow up grow down. Right. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Corals typically want to grow up toward the light, they're maximizing light, but flow will change how their morphology is. With strong flow, a lot of corals will tend to grow more flat and absorb the sun that way, versus if there's not strong flow, they'll tend to grow up more, so and be more spindly. So you can get tables, you can get you can get what are called what are branching corals that grow into tables, and you can get tables that become more branching or digitate depending on how your flow is within your tank. I mean, uh, probably 15 years ago, uh, Charlie Verone in his talk showed six corals, uh, six pictures of the same genus and species of corals under different conditions, and they looked completely different. It was all based on water motion and light. So you can change the morphology of the coral, that is how what it looks like, based on the light and the water motion within your tank dramatically. So if, if you want a table, Typically, you want flow going across it. If you want it more digitate or more branching, you sort of want slower flow going across it. I mean, that, that's sure. generalization. I mean, some like sure. static horns are not going to grow into tables for the most part until they reach the surface, and then they'll start to tabling. But I, I remember in Sanjay's tank just seeing 
everything grew so fat and so big in his tank, everything eventually turned into a table. Right, right. He doesn't do that anymore because now he's learned to start cutting them before they get to that point. But he probably had uh, 12 corals in his tank that were tables that weren't tables naturally. You didn't right. know what they were, but when it hit the surface, there was so much light and so much flow, everything tabled in that tank. Right, right. Okay, so then, again, you want to add, and, and from your end of it, was there any kind of indication of you saw something happening that made you want to increase the circulation? Well, what's, the main thing that I do is, as I talked about water changes, is once a month, I take the uh, mag drive powerhead that I use for circulating my uh, salt water, freshly mixed up salt water, and I blow it across the tank. And in the last couple of months, I've seen there's been more and more detritus accumulating at the bases of the coral. And one of the things that does happen, and that you will see, if detritus accumulates at the base of the corals, they tend to rot at the base rather than, uh, rather than uh, grow onto sure. the base and become stronger and bigger. So what I'm trying to do is minimize the amount of detritus that's accumulating there. Since I'm seeing more and more and I haven't changed the amount of food or haven't changed anything else, the only thing I can attribute it to is the flow has slowed down as the corals have gotten bigger, so it's time to upgrade the water motion. Sure, that makes lots of sense. And do you have any examples in there on the, in your, like the corals that we can show the, the viewers as far as where it's not, we'll say, tabling, for the lack of a better word, or growing? Well, this green table over here, I yeah. actually brought back from Fiji 11 years ago when I was collecting. Yep. And it was the brightest, greenest table. And you can see here where it's getting some flow, it's showing the tabling pattern, but it's also growing up digitate. So the flow changes because the uh, sure. Tunze is right in front of it, as is, as is the C-sweep. So it's getting a different flow than it was accustomed to there. There was a perfectly flat table. Here it's getting more random water motion, so it's growing in a different form. Right. And do you have any of the opposite, meaning that you're trying to solve by adding this flow? No, not really. Okay. I'm just trying to increase the amount of, or decrease the amount of detritus that's settling down. Okay. Trying to get it to go over the overflow boxes and take it out. Very good. And the jar that you have in there is a what? It's a 130. And you are going to a? 150. And what's the difference? Do you know? I believe it's about four or 500 gallons per hour. Okay. I don't remember precisely, okay, but, but I know it's significantly more. And it stretches over bigger by about two, three inches. So it's going to cover a wider area as well. Okay, so uh, you'll have a 130. What are you going to do with that? That's going upstairs. We're going to talk about motion a little bit more on that tank for getting detritus out because that tank accumulates detritus because there's very little flow across the bottom. Huh, okay. So to that point, do you have a 150? We'll kind of just take you doing it. We have a 150 and we'll get right to that. Sounds good. Basically what I'm doing, I've tried to make this easy to take out the clean. So I, instead of running the wires in places where I couldn't get them out of, which is a secret for everything, make it so you can do it and then you will. What's interesting is that this gyre has been in here for less than a month and it still has already accumulated a fair amount of dirt. That's just in less than a month. One month? Yep. Yeah, look at it. And you can see, yeah. bottom no, but the top, you can see there's sludge. Yep. I mean, you can see how slimy it is already yep. after just a month. Now, do you put that one in the acid as well? Yeah. Okay. Actually, this one I usually just dip it in the, uh, I do every three months, and I just do vinegar. Okay. I, have, I, I did it in, when I waited six months, I did yep. have to do the acid. Mm -hmm. 
but three months you can just do the vinegar. Okay, there you go. So, like I said, the easier you do stuff and the more frequently, the better. But I know everyone is like me and we don't do that. So it's not, you know, we not a criticism, it's reality. The reality, yeah. Yeah, the reality of the hobby is if we had infinite time, we would do all the stuff perfectly. And money. Yeah. Yes. But neither, none of us have all of that, so. As you can see, the difference between them is significant. Yeah, I'll say, look at that. I never realized the footprint yeah. is just like double, Like I said, two right? inches, but this is a much thicker pinwheel, much larger unit. Yeah, not like the old jar, these have a lot more programmability, so you can do a lot more with them. I mean, here's the book. <laughs> this is a say, there's a lot more. Say, remember I told you that video I just put out? Yeah. Keeping away from technology on your fish tank? <laughs> yeah, I know. This, this is it. But, I mean, realistically, well, one, it's in 12 different languages, but two, you're just going to program it, and I, I don't fool around with it. Once I have it programmed the way I want, right. I'm pretty much done with it. But it does tell you, you know, what each button does. There's all kind of different controls. I mean, it does a lot. I mean, you can program this to do to your heart's content. Now, is your goal to, again, kind of do a uh, pulsing or a change direction? Mine is more or less just to have a nice flow, constantly moving water across the coral. Okay, and then you're going to let the tonsy... I'm going to let the tonsy sweets blow off whatever this doesn't. Okay. There we go. There's a lot more water in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's. Yeah. You can see the air bubbles all the way across the thing. Yeah, and this is just capturing everything. Okay, so you happy with the mode you got? Uh, on constant mode, this is said there's a significant amount more water motion within this tank than there was before. Um, it's blowing across the top, you can see the air bubbles, and I'm getting a lot more surface agitation. It'll be interesting to see if, with that much more agitation, if I also increase the oxygen content by looking at ORP level. And you do have the ORP sensor, right? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, Neptune 8 Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, what modes do you have? And other, there you, were have, modes. you have pulsing mode, you have reversing mode, so it'll blow across the top, then it'll shoot it down the bottom. Okay. Which may be something I will play with. Right now, I'm just doing this for today. Over the next week or two, I will probably play with it a little bit more to sure. see, see what differences these things make and see if I can get more water motion all across the bottom, because that's what the goal is. So I may change this to 12 hours on, 12 hours off. Right. That is 12 hours one direction, 12 hours reversing. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that by default? To me, that would be like, again, it falls in line with keeping, you know, mixing yeah, it up. Yeah, my concern is that I'm going to kill all these corals that are sitting oh, here with that stronger yeah, water motion. Yeah, because yeah. I don't have a, I could put it on the other side, which is what I may end up doing. Sure, sure, it makes a lot But of there sense. I have corals at the top that I'm going to shear off. So sure. there's pluses and minuses of this, but I am getting a significantly larger amount of water flow with this unit. Yeah, obviously, and we're capturing on film, so. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it. 
Well, I guess speaking of flow and more motion, that's why you want to take that other one and put it on that satellite tank. So let's right. go up to that one then. Right? Sounds good. Yeah. It's funny, 18 months later now, some things really kind of jump out to me. Like one of the things that jumped out of the fact of, you know, how colorful those corals really were, right? When you compare the videos from like 18 months ago to now, I mean, they really pop. Now, some of that is due to the camera technology that I use has changed over that period of time, but not all of it. Meaning I remember making comments to Mike when we were actually filming on how the colors actually went from kind of muted to being popped. And you can kind of see that in some of the videos. So again, it, that's one of those things where go back and look at those older videos and see if you kind of have that same kind of impression. Um, and again, remember, um, he's changed some things along the ways, like the LED lights, for example. We caught those, I believe, for about the first year. Um, but now it's maybe two, three years. So that probably has something to do with, again, the, the change in the coloration. Uh, that being said, again, um, Remember, it's the full recipe of how he maintains that tank, kind of gets you that, meaning I know he's using Miracle Mud, he's using the sea sweeps and the Tunzi for circulations and stuff like that. So again, you can't just pick out one thing and say, hey, it's the LED lights that are doing it. That being said, however, we know that uh, that's definitely a component and uh, it's working for him either way. Now, also, you've heard me say many, many times, give my sponsors a chance to earn your business, right? Uh, again, those sponsors, Premium Aquatics, Falk Reef Supply, we've got Worldwide Corals, we've got Tunzi, right? We even got, uh, again, Aquarium Currents with Sea Sweeps and, and the, you know, the Eco Currents with the Miracle Mud. Again, I believe them all to be good guys, honest guys that deserve a chance to earn your business. So again, when you're looking for products, livestock, etc., check them out. I, I guarantee you that as far as quality goes, you'll only find quality products uh, with them, their shops, and what they offer. So again, give them a chance to earn that business. Again, I'm Russ Kickle, and thanks for watching this episode of American Reef.